hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight, jumping into the fire, as they say, with today's show. And uh, seems to be a lot of interesting things going on. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, been watching what's happening on our border? You know, uh, our news is, is ridiculous. We we get on a story for about a day or two, and then we just drop it. And we almost pretend like it's not happening. The border hasn't stopped in months uh, as far as the illegal crossings. As a matter of fact, they said that um, they apprehended approximately 7,000 illegal aliens. They call them migrants now. 7,000 illegal aliens during the past three days uh, at Eagle Pass, Texas. That's just one entry point. They showed a video, Bill, on, on TV yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. These long freight trains in Mexico, and they are covered with illegals. I'm talking thousands of people who are on top of these freight cars and these coal cars and things like that, and they just stretch for the whole length of this mile-long train. And where are they going? They're coming here. And when they ask some of them where you're from, most of them are saying now they're coming from Venezuela. Venezuela. And what uh, yeah. and what we've learned is that these people from Venezuela are prisoners, are mm-hmm. mental patients. They're releasing all of these people uh, into, you know, with the promise that they'll go to the United States. Well, they're, they're also, uh, they've been given work permits so that they can work now. For the half a million of them get to work in the United States, thanks to Joe Biden yesterday. Well, the other thing is this. They had another uh, video, Bill, where they were going down. There was a long line of illegals sitting on the ground. They were all military-age men, and they were asking them where they were from. And they were from Somalia. They were from mm-hmm. uh, China. They yeah. were from Russia. They were from all over the world. But the thing that struck this reporter, uh, you know, was that they were all military age with no families. What are they coming in here for? Well, they want to get a job and send that money home. See, I got a problem. With See, I think, I think you're, I think you're, uh, you're nicer than I think there's something more nefarious going on. I mean, if, if you want to import an army, you import them right now through our southern border. Well, yeah, and and I was going there, but I mean, look, I got a problem with this whole thing. You know, they're they're sitting there painting this rosy picture. Well, you know, the economy is so good. It is not good. And the administration knows they're lying, but they're going to keep on lying. The Democrats are going to keep on lying. Yeah, there's a bigger, more nefarious picture here. But if you wanted to take down the United States, you would you would open up the borders. If you wanted to take down the United States, you would divide the people. You wanted to take down the United States? You'd rig the elections. I mean, we can go on and on and on and on what you would need to do, and I'll be damned. It's everything that's going on in the news. Well, uh, Bill, I think that we're on the verge of something major happening in our country. We've talked about this before, and and I think you agree. Something is going to happen soon. You know, this is a push-comes-to-shove moment in, in our country. People are just about fed up. Eagle Pass, Texas, the population swelled up in the past three days to half the population of the town 
uh, under normal circumstances. Before they had this, they, the, the mayor of Eagle Pass declared a state of emergency, has asked the Texas governor to intercede and also for the Biden administration to stop these people from coming in. They are overwhelmed. By the way, he's mm-hmm. a Democrat. He's mm-hmm. a Democrat. And he, by the way, also is blaming the Biden administration. I guess when, it, when it's on your front porch, uh, enough of po- party politics, you know, and this is where we're at right now. This this mayor has had it, and uh, I don't blame him. There's been a long time agenda. This has not been going on just recently. It's been going on for years, and it's going to keep on going on um, because, you know, the Democrats learned a long time ago, let's create bureaucracies and let's create create committees and whatnot to grab more control and power Biden's going to announce a big one tomorrow. When, what is it? It's the um, the Gun Violence Protection Bureau. Well, He's I announcing mean, he, that he, tomorrow. Uh, he is he is shameless. Okay, they're, the guy they're going to have the power to make law and change things, yeah. change the Constitution. No, well, well. The, 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 these people are shameless. They also, I think, believe that uh, there's a possibility they're going to lose total control uh, in 2024, and they just want to make all of these draconian changes before that happens. But um, we are we are in, in difficult times, right? I don't know how we get out of this. You know, Trump talks about, he said this at the uh, rally he had in Iowa yesterday. He said that uh, he was going to have the largest deportation of illegal aliens in the history of our country when he's president. That's wonderful. I don't know how you deport 15 million people. I don't know how you do it. Now, sure, I would imagine the, the police in the different cities around the country have a handle pretty much on where the illegals are being kept in their cities. Uh, so rounding them up might be uh, a little easier. But, you know, uh, when word gets around in that community that they're being picked up and they're going to be shipped back, uh, they're going to scatter. They're going to they're yeah. scatter. It's it's uh, I, I I don't mean to use this analogy, but it's like cockroaches. You know, you see them and then they're gone. They're gone, and that's exactly what's going to happen with these illegals. Uh, as soon as they realize, oh, Trump's in and we're moving. Th- well, let's say you get Biden out, you get Kamala out, and all of a sudden we take over as Republicans and seal up the borders. They're already here. How long do you think it's going to take us to find all the rats in the nest, all the cockroaches that have scattered everywhere? I mean, you're not going to find them all. You're not. Hmm. There, there's no way to, you can't call Terminex to get rid of them. Well, you know, here's what you can do. You can pass laws, for example, that penalize employers for hiring them. Don't give them incentives. Penalize the employers for Hiring illegals. By the way, that's that stinks by itself because there are a lot of Americans who are out of work, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're making it attractive for employers to hire people who will work for less than minimum wage. Well, not according to uh, the White House. Uh, you got that wrong, Jim. Because oh, okay. Right now, there are more jobs. the The uh, unemployment rate has gone down to the lowest ever. We have have the highest rate of employment now. The yeah. economy is better than it's ever been. Yeah, I played and, that tape yesterday, Bill, and, and it 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 
it gags me. You know, um, they have, like I said, they're shameless. For example, Merrick Garland, he was uh, being grilled yesterday. I don't know whether you followed it. Uh, he was uh, on on the hot seat, as they would say, in the House of mm-hmm. Representatives. And um, Representative Tom um, Massey, I believe he's from Kentucky, you hear, here he is grilling, grilling Garland. Listen. You're signing the Constitution. I'm going to sign it. It's our constitutional duty to do oversight. Now, in that video, that was your answer to a question to me two years ago. When I said how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol, can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, last time, you don't know how many there were or there were none? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. If there were any, I don't know how many. You've ha- I don't know whether there are any. I think you may have just perjured yourself that you don't know that there were any. You want to say that again, that you don't know that there were any? I have any? no personal knowledge of this matter. I think what I said the you've, last time. And you've had two years to man, find out. And man. the day, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps. And yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence on a misdemeanor? Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there, yet you've got the guy on video. He's saying, go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. I yield the balance of my time to Chairman Jordan. May I answer the question? I'm going to ask you one now. Uh, yeah, let, let, we'll let the gentleman. Yeah. Um, that, I, I, go ahead. But the, uh, in discovery, in the cases um, that were filed with respect to January uh, 6, um, the Justice Department prosecutors provided whatever information they had about uh, the question that you're asking. Uh, with respect to Mr. Epps, the FBI has said that he was not an employee or informant of, of the uh, FBI. Uh, Mr. Um, Epps has been charged, um, and there's a proceeding, I believe, going on today on that subject. The charge is a joke. I yield to the chairman. The, the time the gentleman has expired. The- Unbelievable. You know, he he's shameless. Okay, this, yeah. is, this is the attorney general of the United States. He's being asked direct questions that he should know. Yeah, and Epps, by the way, and I, he was an FBI plant there. So what do you want to do with that guy if he's uh, if he's at the forefront of everything and uh, they got the goods on him? You got to give him a, a, a you, you're going to find a way to wash it. Oh yeah, we 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 prosecuted him, we indicted him and we you know, we found him guilty. He got a $500 slap on the wrist. Does that sound like that's a serious slap? Oh. And he gets six months to maybe a year. There's no certainty whether or not he'll, he'll do jail time. Unbelievable. Friends, that's probation. Yeah. And that's, that's right. That's, that's right. what it is. You know, 500 <laughs> bucks, you're on probation. Get the hell out of here and go high. Yeah, okay. Don't, don't, don't yeah. talk to anybody. All right. <laughs> Change your name. Cut your hair. Shave your head. You know, and you know we don't know whether he's get even going to. We're not. We're not sure he's even going to pay these fines and do these. The, he may just, you know, fines are, can be waived. Absolutely, it, it, it's amazing. This guy uh, was also grilled by uh, uh, tr- was it uh, 
Troy Nels, a representative, I think he's from Texas, and mm-hmm. Nels, he, Nels was getting into it. Listen. So he would stop looking into Burisma, where Hunter was on the board. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's let the American people decide. Play the clip. Play the clip. I remember going over convincing our team or others to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from Pay attention, uh, sir, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against I'm the looking. state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who there was solid. Mr. Attorney General, what you just saw, there was Joe Biden in his arrogance and role as the vice president in this country saying, if you don't fire Shokin, the United States isn't given the $1 billion loan. Why would Joe Biden say that as the vice president? Why would he say such a thing? Was it policy? Was it our policy at the time? Yes or no? It wasn't. I have documents here. Interagency policy committee dated a couple information. Is the gentleman ever going to let the I'm on my time pipe down. Saying Shokin had made significant reforms. He's made significant reforms. Shokin did. Matter of fact, John Kerry says he was impressive. And you know, within a few months after Shokin was fired, they appoint a prosecutor that said, we're not going to look into Burisma anymore. Cancel that. Forget it. We're not looking into Burisma. Boom. Here comes the million dollars. Joe Biden threatened the Ukrainian president and the prime minister. Everybody can see it to fire Shokin or the United States won't give the billion dollars. If that is not quid pro quo, sir, what is? I will tell you what it is and America agrees with me. It's bribery and it's impeachable. Are you going to do something about it? I bet you not, and that's why you, sir, also need to be impeached. I yield back. You know, it's it's a great show, and it gets yeah. you all fired up when you hear guys like that do their thing. But then you have to understand something. Garland, he leaves that room, and he's surrounded by his protection. He's escorted out of the building into his and waiting happens. His waiting limousine. Exactly right. Goes back to his office. Maybe he has some conversations with a few of his friends and life continues on and the corruption doesn't leave our capital. It just stays there. Well, you know, Joe's defense now on that is that, well, it was public policy. It was the policy of the United States, so he did nothing wrong. It's still bribery. So, and we know with if if they will sit there and we have bank records, you know, that, that ties Joe to getting money and profiting from it. So maybe there's, uh, there's actually two fish on that hook. Yeah. Him and Obama, because if it was policy again, uh, that is not, uh, that, that doesn't make a good. What you're saying, Bill, is that Biden wouldn't do anything on his own as vice president. He wouldn't make any, any decisions or force anybody out of government on his own without talking to the chief. Yeah. And how do we know? Let me ask you a question. 
How do we know that Obama somehow didn't get some backdoor money on you this? You know, I, I've, I've thought that many times myself. Yeah, I agree. So, like I said, you know, all they did was just put two fish in that hook for me. Wow, there's supper right there. We got Obama and we got Biden, but here's the problem. Nothing's going to happen yeah. because they're going to make this all go away. Uh, presidential pardon. They could wait to the last minute. Kamala walks in. Uh, there's now, you know, a year and a half ago when we first mentioned uh, Michelle, mm -hmm. nothing. Now she's making rumblings. The Democratic Party's making rumblings that she well, may run. And I'm like going, I got a cut from Ted Cruz. He, and he agrees with you. He agrees exactly with what you're saying about uh, Michelle. Obama will be calling the shots. This will be third term for Obama. I don't think you should do that. I mean, oh. look, she was technically in the office for two years. Or he, whatever, it was in the office for two years. But I want to play one more cut from two Gar terms. Garland. You know, Garland is, he looks the part of Attorney General. If you were mm -hmm. shooting a movie and you wanted a character actor to play the part of Attorney General, you'd, you'd look to a guy like Garland. He has the whitish hair. He has the off-centered part. He he just looks like he could be Attorney General. They all dress the part, and they all have lines to say. They know mm -hmm. what they're going to talk about before they go into that room. They're not figuring out what they're going to say off the cuff. A, a case in point, when he was uh, being introduced yesterday and he did his opening statement, he started to give basically a lecture on his position and what they do at the Justice Department and how he got to the position he's in. Listen. All of us recognize that with this work comes public scrutiny, criticism, and legitimate oversight. These are appropriate and important given the matters and the gravity of the matters that are before the department. But singling out individual career public servants who are just doing their jobs is dangerous, particularly at a time of increased threats to the safety of public servants and their families. We will not be intimidated. We will do our jobs free from outside influence, and we will not back down from defending our democracy. Third, I want to explain why we approach our job in this way. The Justice Department was founded in the wake of the Civil War and in the midst of Reconstruction with the first principal task of bringing to justice white supremacists and others who terrorize black Americans to prevent them from exercising their civil rights. The Justice Department's job then and now is to fulfill the promise that it is at the foundation of our democracy, that the law will treat each of us alike. That promise is also why I am here. My family fled religious persecution in Eastern Europe at the start of the 20th century. My grandmother, who was one of five children, born in what is now Belarus, made it to the United States, as did two of her siblings. The other two did not. Those two were killed in the Holocaust, and there, little doubt that but for America, the same thing would have happened to my grandmother. It's amazing. The guy chokes up at the end. Like he's, you know, he actually kind of starts to cry. And, mm -hmm. and you're thinking to yourself, wow, he's really vested in this story. But this is all bull. This is all nonsense. This guy uh, is the same guy 
who has launched the special counsel investigation against right. President Trump with nothing. He's ignored Joe Biden and Mike Pence's, uh, you know, criminal activity holding classified documents at the same time. Uh, he oversaw the mass abuse and harassment of thousands of conservative families who had their homes raided and children terrorized for attending the January 6th rally in Washington, D.C. He lied about government involvement on January 6th. He refused to investigate Nancy Pelosi's actions that caused the lapse in security that day. I mean, I, the list goes on and on. This guy is, um, he's a fraud, folks. He is a fraud. Uh, he tells you that uh, equal justice. My question is, when they were defunding police departments around the country, you know, when he talks about how he's standing shoulder to shoulder with his law enforcement, where was he standing when uh, they started to pull the plug on funds and started to remove police officers and when they started to file uh, phony charges against these people. He was nowhere to be found. This guy is, he's, he's just like uh, Alejandro uh, Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security. I think there is a, there are qualifications that these people who get these cabinet positions have to meet. They have to look the part. They have to have a lot of superficial uh, uh, qualities that will make them look like they're a good choice. But underneath, when you poke them to the center, to the core, you find out that they are bad people. They're bad right. guys. And he is a bad guy, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. But you know what? He can sit there and talk about all of it. Look, we all have a story. And we all have things that can make us cry in, in our story. I have mine. You know what it is. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily make me a good guy because of that. And it doesn't mean that I can't cry over it. He brought up something that has emo an, uh, an emotional touch to it. Well, you know what? It may be true. Probably is true. Well, but the fact is, he's a bad player, Bill, and a bad guy is a bad guy. I don't care about his history. Well, with all due respect, uh, what happened to you was very personal, very close, and it was someone you knew and loved on a first person. He's talking about grandparents that he yeah, or relatives of grandparents that he probably never met coming into the country at the turn of the century. You know, he right. talks about two of them dying in the Holocaust. That means he didn't meet them. He didn't know who these people were. But uh, And then he says his grandmother got into the country, and, of course, the country treated her fairly, and here I am today. Well, that's, that's great. Then why is he doing everything to undermine the country today? That's exactly right. See, and that's my point, is that, you know, you can take a story from the past and get all emotional. <laughs> you know, yeah. and my forefathers... You know, they they and came my over four mothers. Ship. No, I'm just kidding. You know, and my four mothers and, and my poor transgenders out there too. I don't know what they were doing, but anyway, yeah, you can you can put together the story, or it might be true, and get all emotional about yeah. it. But it doesn't change the makeup of who and what you are. And every family has a bad sheep, a bad seed. Yeah, and he's he's that family's bad seed. You were, and, uh, you were talking a, a few minutes ago about uh, Michelle Obama being dropped in, 
you know, yeah. to uh, to the position. You're not alone with that view. Ted Cruz right. has a podcast called The Verdict. and right. um, Good podcast, by the way. Yeah, and he was talking about just this topic uh, in his most recent podcast. Listen. The Washington Post flipping on him, CNN flipping on him. This is significant, and I think the Democrat intelligentsia is getting nervous. And, Ben, I believe there is now a real possibility Joe Biden is not the Democrat nominee in 2024. And I think there are two ways this potentially plays out. One way is the pressure ratchets up internally within the Democrat Party significantly enough that Biden ends up backing out. I think there's some chance of that. He didn't want to. But I got to say, the weird thing about Democrats, they're command and control. They are collectivists. And if enough of the power brokers go to Biden and say enough is enough is enough, I think there is some possibility he says, I'm out. I did what I came to do. I stopped Donald Trump from getting in office in 2021. I'm done. I'm riding off into the sunset. That's actually what David Ignatius says. Yeah. Look, you can victory lap. You did what you, you, you wanted to do. And by the way, one of the things fueling that is the unease about Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris's numbers, her poll support is terrible. Her unfavorables are terrible. Worse I, than his, and his poll numbers, to be clear, are at Jimmy Carter levels yeah, or below. 38, 39% yeah. approval ratings, and hers are worse. In it, the it, 20s. It makes you wonder if she wears mint-flavored shoes because daily she seems to stick her <laughs> foot in her mouth. And Democrats are nervous. Look, Joe Biden is 80 years old. If Biden is elected in 2024, the actuarial tables are very significant. The odds are high that he does not live out a second term, that he dies sometime in the White House. That's just the realities of the age he's at, which means in this next election, if the Democrat ticket is Biden-Harris, a huge part of it is going to be you pull that lever for Joe Biden, you are voting for President Kamala Harris. And, and that... Number one, scares the heck, I think, out of a lot of voters. But number two, makes Democrat ner Democrats nervous because they recognize it scares the heck out of a lot of voters. Now, you asked, okay, might they dump Kamala Harris as VP? I think the chances of that are zero. Is it for the same reason that I think it's probably zero, and that is if it was a white male, they'd have a much easier time getting rid of that person, but this is an African-American female. How do you offload an African-American female without having to worry that women are going to turn against you yeah. and minorities would turn against you saying, how dare you get rid of our woman who could be the first female president in the history of the United States of America, could be Kamala Harris, not because anyone elects her, just because of age and him having to resign or based on age that he could die in office. So, yes, and especially because the Democrats are such hyper bean counting, they put everyone into categories. So they don't think of you as a human being. They think of you, 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 you are a man, you are a white man, you are a black woman, like whatever your race, whatever your category, ideally you're a transgender, you know, vegetarian pantheist or whatever. But whatever your category, they put you into it. If it were some poor schlub white guy, if the VP were Joe Biden, see ya. They'd put him out on a boat with a guy saying Hail Mary 
as he puts a round in his forehead as they do in Godfather 2. That's what they do, and I mean that figuratively. I can just see the fact checkers now. Cruz says they're going to murder him. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they'd get rid of him and get rid of him really quickly. But he went on to say that Michelle Obama mm. is the person that he's going to, uh, yeah. they're going to probably drop in. He did mention Michelle Obama later on. I don't think he mentioned it in that clip, but yeah. uh, he but did. But it's where, when, and how, because if, you know, and that's, they got to find a way to sneak her in to the role uh, be, otherwise, she's up for general election. Hmm. Now they could they could they could fix the vote again, but I think people's eyes are on things. So you almost need to sit there, well, and have her replace. I, I have a very uh, sensitive question to ask you. Um, oh, geez. Here okay, let's say that uh, all evidence seems to indicate that Michelle really is not. Uh, Michelle, let's say she's been living basically a lie in in, in the public eye and that uh, maybe she is, like a lot of people believe she is, um, a transgender. Uh, uh, it, do you still think that she has the attraction to the Democrats? Would she still run as president? Would it make yeah, her absolutely. more attractive? Would it make her more attractive? Why do you think they're building the transgender uh, narrative right now? What? That's... That's a good point. You think there's a possibility they're trying to normalize something so that when they put someone in office who is who is uh, has that proclivity, they all right. Let's let's just look at the administration right now. And I'm not doing this to be homophobic or anything. Oh but no, let's no, just no. Look at the obvious, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, the the, the Ra- uh, Rachel Rachel Levine. Yeah. Rachel Levine. Uh, Kareen. Uh, you, you, the guy the who was uh, stealing uh, luggage at airports, who was the oh, nuclear the guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who returned everything, and um, yes, yeah, so he just returned the dress, by the way, to the original owner after five years. Yeah, yeah you can keep the underwear, sir, yeah, uh, <laughs> ma'am, uh, whatever. Yes, but okay, uh, but you, you're you've got this administration that is uh, a rainbow administration. So if you have the queen of the rainbow, uh, the the rainbow people mm-hmm. coming in. Uh, do you think the LGBTQ society would stand still for us to sit there and say, Michelle can't run? Yeah, that's. But how much success do you think uh, uh, a transgendered person would have in a general election? Or does it make a difference because they control the actual election? Well, they control the election, but you look at that, you have you have everything under the umbrella. With one central point, and that would be Michelle or Michael, which, however, you want to identify the person, and that would be a good time for Obama and Michael to come out and say what they really are, and then you also have Antifa, because of they would play the race card. By the way, friends, you know we talk about Michael, right? And there's a picture of Obama. It's on the internet. You can see it with someone who looks, uh, if it's not. If it's not Michelle Obama with short hair, uh, then it's the best Photoshop I've ever seen because it looks very real. And right now what I'm going to say might make a happen because it seems that somebody monitors the show. But when you talk about conspiracy theories and things out there, the Obama birth certificate question is still out there. It was brought up before that it was a photocopy and it was such a, perfect you know oh absolutely 
Yeah, the, the when you when you take the things, didn't they have to do a, like, a, like a forensic analysis yeah, of it? Where you take the the documents and you do overlays, yeah. and and no two should be identical in this overlay, but yet they're all dead on perfect, which means they were scanned and they were it was it was a photo job. So mm-hmm. you know you've got that. So that puts Obama in question as to was he really a, is he really a citizen and that's always been out there oh here's conspiracy well you know what let's get that real let's get that real document and do a public um, forensic on it but then with michelle or michael there is a birth certificate for michael have you noticed that uh, ironically looks like michelle a couple of weeks ago they were talking about um uh, Malik Obama doing an interview with Tucker, and it was supposed to be released on September 19th. Of course, it was not. That was a couple of days ago. And um, so I'm wondering what the story is with that. I wonder if they did it and they they ran into some kind of a, a threat or something. Probably. Wow. Probably, because yeah. the the word out there is that uh, the, the kids were a front. That they're not really, Michelle didn't, or Michael didn't give birth. You know, of course, now they're making news stories out there. You can look it up. I'm not making this crap up. Is the fact that they're trying to say that biologically men aren't that different than women. And they can have children. Oh, I know. Yes, they have. They're trying to sell that. They have impregnated men. They have planted the, the seeds there where men have given birth. And now they're saying men can give birth if they've been altered. And I'm like going, Uh, I don't know about this stuff. Either way. Wow. I've seen, I've seen two births uh, in real time. I'm not sure that that's something I would want to uh, uh, aspire to because it, it, it is the hardest work I've ever seen a human being do in my life was when my my wife gave birth to my children. I mean, it was, um, mm-hmm. it was, uh, I'm amazed that I didn't, do you hear about guys fainting? <laughs> I didn't do that. But boy, I'll tell you, I couldn't believe what was happening because it, it is a, an incredible, magical moment. Uh, but anyway, that's an, another yeah, story. That, that's a whole different story. Yeah, but I yeah, I, I, all kinds of Lamaze things and everything. Oh, I did Lamaze. You know, the, the, with the ice chips and all that stuff and the breathing. I did that whole thing. Um, I got to play something for you, Bill. And this is right. because the, the time is just it's just whizzing by this morning. It's amazing. But um, Wendy Bell is... Um, yeah, I know her. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she has been uh, a fixture in Pittsburgh for a number of years. She was an anchor on one of the news TV stations for uh, maybe 20 years uh, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. She is rock solid. She's a conservative, but she's mm-hmm. but she's an old fashioned news person. She truly knows how to go after a story and report a story. She knows the value of different stories, and uh, she she is based in Western Pennsylvania. Okay, mm-hmm. she's even though she does a program on uh, on Newsmax on the weekend. I think it's called Common Sense. Um, she is based here. The show, I think, comes from a studio here. Um, she does she does more investigation work in Pittsburgh than some people do on site of an of a, a news story. 
I mean, some of these young reporters nowadays, they'll go out to a location where something's happening. They'll stand in front of a fire or a tragedy or whatever, and they'll just, they can, they could read the story if they were being honest. They could have saved the transportation fees. They could have done it back in the studio. But there's no investigation being done. Wendy, on on the other hand, uh, she put together a piece over the weekend about Maui and I want you to all to listen to it. It's only two minutes and 48 seconds long. All right. But this is stuff to think about. It really is stuff to think about. I got this uh, from, I think, WLT Radio. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, w, one, of the, one of the websites for one of the radio and TV stations. And uh, it makes you think. You know, it's stunning to monitor the media's lack of interest in the whole Maui story. I've been in this business for 30 years. I'm stunned, but I'm not surprised. The dots are connecting. And coincidence seems to be the story here, right? But the true story, the media knows it is not allowed to tell. But I can. Is it a coincidence that the Maui police chief is the same man who was in charge in Las Vegas during that massacre that killed 58 people? Is it a coincidence that the Maui property, owned by millionaires, billionaires. It wasn't touched by the flames while homes of the locals all burned. Was it a coincidence that the flames traveled across hundreds of feet of pavement and crossed a four-lane highway with emergency shoulders to jump into the ocean and then burn all the boats? Was it a coincidence that the largest system of outdoor emergency sirens in the world never made a sound as the fire devoured Lahaina? Was it a coincidence that at the same time, very same time, all the water was turned off? Was it a coincidence that police were ordered to block off streets and to funnel all the cars trying to escape onto one road where that firestorm incinerated entire families? How about the coincidence that the governor of, of Hawaii, Josh Green, just weeks before that inferno, signed a pledge to the UN's 2030 Agenda of Sustainable Development, pledging to eliminate emissions? Weird. And think about this coincidence. That governor also signed an emergency proclamation on July 17th, three weeks before the fire, about housing of all things, and suspended seven state statutes protecting historic preservation laws, removing all of the red tape when it comes to building infrastructure. Coincidentally, that emergency proclamation also suspends previous building laws and gives the governor some magic wand power to appoint a housing czar to rule on the island's redevelopment. Is it a coincidence that the government put up a black fence around Lahaina or that the FAA grounded all drones from flying over the affected areas? Is it a coincidence that since at least 2011, there have been plans to make Maui the first smart city run by 100% renewable energy? And that coincidentally, two of the three largest landowners on Maui are BlackRock and the U.S. government, and that both are part of the U.N.'s agenda? It must be a coincidence, then, that the locals whose homes did not burn are now being evicted from their property. And, of course, a total coincidence that all the fact-checkers who are checking these facts, who say everything I just told you is just a coincidence, are also owned and run by BlackRock. Thank goodness none of these coincidences is connected. Wow. I mean, I don't know whether you uh, whether you followed that along with what she was saying, but, I mean— a no-fly zone for drones over the uh, site right now. You can't have mm-hmm. news news coverage. Can't send up a drone to uh, see what's going on over. Yeah. The so what is going on there? We've talked about this before. 
Um, but here's the sad news in all of this. And that city will be built there. And five years from now, you know, uh, we, if we're still doing this podcast, we might look back and go, do you remember back in 2023, just a few years ago when this happened? And yeah. people, people going around and go, what the hell are they talking about? Who cares? I'm living for today. I'm trying to figure well, out where I'm going to get my next meal. That's where people are nowadays. Mm-hmm. They, that's why news coverage. It doesn't matter. Yeah, news coverage doesn't stay focused on a topic anymore. They don't send reporters out to follow a story. I mean, they have a black fence around the city of Lahaina. A tall black fence. You can't look in. Why? Because they don't want you to see what's behind there. They don't want mm-hmm. you to know the lie. You know, they, they talk about, they had the governor, I think I played it a couple of days ago, the governor, Green, Josh Green, talking about uh, the death toll has dropped down to like 95 from 113, Uh-oh. which is better, or 97, whatever the figure was. But what he didn't tell you was they still can't account for 2,000 students. He, you know, it's, it's like they've been forgotten. Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about the news and its blind eyes. Mm. Uh, George Soros, uh, besides uh, buying judges, because I, I think everybody knows oh, uh, yeah. they've heard his name and that, you know, there's a lot of pocket judges that he's got that he's supported, mm-hmm. paid for their campaigns, whatnot. So, you know, it's not like a piece of real estate where you physically own them, but you have big influence on them because sure. they know whence the money came, you know, so th- th- they know this. Do you know that he is uh, he has acquired some 24, two dozen local newspapers. Does it surprise? No, I didn't know that, but does it surprise me? Nope. No. Well, think about that now. You know, I mean, let that sink in. 24 cities Mm -hmm. that that we know of, or maybe shy of 24 by two, um, he owns the papers. So he he controls the He's a Nazi socialist. Yeah. So you're wondering why these stories change and why certain things are out there and why we have fact checkers saying, Jim, you're an idiot. And Bill, you are too. You're telling conspiracy. You're wondering why all this is happening. Here's a guy that's had his hand in the political arena for years and money. And you look him up. You know, you know, know, Bill, I think it wouldn't surprise me if we find out somewhere down the road that he's not using all of his own money that uh, oh, that the globalists no, no. the globalists are, guy in there too. but the globalists are feeding the money the funds through through Soros Soros is public everyone knows Soros is public but and he's a billionaire so they think well it's all coming out of Soros's funds but I wouldn't be surprised if the globalists out there the Klaus Schwabs the Bill Gates and all these people are not funneling their stuff their funds through uh, Soros and his foundations. Yeah. And there's another guy out there. I can't recall his name. It's not one that you know of too mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's another big fish out there, and it might be a bigger fish, that's lurking in the real deep depths of the sea that kind of controls the Soros. Well, look at this BlackRock. I mean, I don't know anything about BlackRock. I mean, what's well, a corporation. Yeah. And a corporation, you know, you can form a corporation, get investors, and those investors can be anybody from anywhere. And yeah, that's true. 
you can sit there so and you can you can manipulate, you yeah. can control, you can buy. BlackRock, if you if you just step back and look at your TV over there, all right? I got a TLC TV. They own pieces of the, the TLC. They own pieces of the company that made every damn component in it. Yeah. Uh, I have a painting there, a big, long painting of the Beatles up there. Yeah. Now, I know the guy that painted this, but mm -hmm. they own, you know, parts of the company that made the canvas. They own parts of the company that made the paint. Well, you heard they own parts of the company that made the brushes. You heard them say, uh, Wendy Bell said just a few minutes ago that uh, the two biggest uh, landowners in Maui are the United States government and BlackRock. And BlackRock. They don't seem to miss a beat around the world. They have their fingers Black in Rock. everything. BlackRock is trying to buy up all the local real estate everywhere. So they're involved. They're already involved in Hawaii. And they want to control everything by they, they're actually trying to get it in the next, you know, year where they own 60% of everything. And it's just like now the Fed can't really raise the rates anymore, but they said it's not going to go lower. So they're squeezing the American public. If you got a house, hold on to it because you got gold, but they're going to come and find a way to get you out of it. Look at Hawaii. They can get you out of it. And if you look at our financial structure mm -hmm. of the housing market and how it's done, you really don't own anything anyway. And it's all, uh, I would, well, the, the guarantors uh, of everything, Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised who it is, you know. The I'm just saying. I know you say. Look around you. Everything is owned by BlackRock. The chair you sit if in. If you have a mortgage, ultimately it's probably funded by BlackRock. Well, here's the deal. I come to you and I go, Jim. I'm going to buy your house. The bank mm -hmm. comes in, and they go, Mr. Knight. Yep, we got you funded there. They get that piece of paper. They hold it. They sell it. To private investors. Yeah. You know who's buying that paper? Sure. Guys like people like uh, BlackRock. Yeah. Yeah. So they ultimately hold it. And so they're holding everything. And there comes a point in time when that paper means nothing anymore. They so put, by the way, some people believe they put a lot of these uh, civic leaders, business leaders, government leaders into place. You say, well, how do they do that? Well, they handpick them. They look around. They find people who uh, think like they think, and then they support them all along the way. They, they, mm -hmm. they move them up the ladder. They give them the financial wherewithal to climb to the highest levels of government. And then when they get, and the higher they go, the more they back them. You know, the, the more they, they uh, fit their agenda, the more money they put into getting those people up to the top. A case in point, uh, down in New Zealand, uh, the former Prime Minister of New Zealand is a lady named Jacinda Ardern. Now, you may say, who's Jacinda Ardern? Think back a couple of years to the pandemic. She was probably right. the most ruthless government leader on the planet. She locked her country down. She arrested people for going to the grocery store. I mean, she did just about everything that uh, you... And she looks, by the way... This goes back to the Garland thing. She fits the mold of being the prim and per perfect-looking young woman, 
uh, uh, mm-hmm. someone who has a, a vision, someone who is articulate. I mean, she fits all the superficial crap that we have. We we seem to be attracted to. This goes back to television back in the in the sixties when they realized that the most important thing about a candidate was that he had good hair. Not that he's articulate or well spoken or a great leader, but if he good if he looks good on television like John Kennedy did and like so many other people along the way, Bill Clinton had that T V anchor look. My God, that's how he got in. And then we had that uh, young uh black man, uh, uh Barack Obama. He looked like he could be on sixty minutes. And all mm. of a sudden he was in office. Well, Jacinda Arden from New Zealand is that kind of person. Well, when she got into office, she was ruthless with her her people. I mean, she just walked all over them. But now she's uh, she's no longer in office, but she's still a leader. She was speaking yeah. yesterday at the UN and, and the General Assembly, and she was talking about uh, how we should consider getting rid of this stupid thing called free speech. This week we launched an initiative alongside companies and nonprofits to help improve research and understanding of how a person's online experiences are curated by automated processes. This will also be important in understanding more about mis- and disinformation online, a challenge that we must as leaders address. Sadly, I think it's easy to dismiss this problem as one in the margins. I can certainly understand the desire to leave it to someone else. As leaders, we're rightly concerned that even the most light-touch approaches to disinformation could be misinterpreted as being hostile to the values of free speech that we value so highly. But while I cannot tell you today what the answer is to this challenge, I can say with complete certainty that we cannot ignore it. To do so poses an equal threat to the norms we all value. After all, how do you successfully end a war If people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal, but noble. How do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? How do you ensure the human rights of others are upheld when they are subjected to hateful and dangerous rhetoric and ideology? The weapons may be different, but the goals of those who perpetuate them is often the same. To cause chaos and reduce the ability of others to defend themselves to disband communities, to collapse the collective strength of countries who work together. But we have an opportunity here to ensure that these particular weapons of war do not become an established part of warfare. In these times, I'm acutely aware of how easy it is to feel disheartened. We are facing many battles on many fronts, but there is cause for optimism. Because for every new weapon we face, there is a new tool to overcome it. For every attempt to push the world into chaos is a collective conviction to bring us back to order. We have the means. We just need the collective will. Unbelievable. I mean, she's talking in front of the General Assembly and they're they're fixated on her like, oh boy, what she's saying is so good. This, This thing like free speech being able to say what you want to say even uh, that could be that could be wrong it may hurt the overall uh, goal that we have to uh, educate the global masses i mean if people can just 
disagree. If they can just disagree, I mean, what's that all about? It's called freedom, madam. Freedom. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I curse when I hear somebody go, we as leaders. Yes. Really, what qualifies you as a leader? Did you go to school to be a leader? Uh, I, I, yeah, you got elected into something. At least I assume you got fairly elected into something. But what qualifications do you have at being a leader? Yeah. Do you know what a leader is? Do you know the law of the land? Do you know the people that put together the Constitution? Now, she's talking about freedom of speech on a global scale, not just down under. And let's keep in mind, too, where she comes from. Because mm -hmm. she sounds like a British royal and all of this. Um, but her ancestors were all outcast. You see, it was a penal colony. It's true. <laughs> they don't like to talk about that, Bill. <laughs> well, but what I'm saying is the inmates are running the frickin' the asylum. Yeah. You know, they, they've taken over the jail and they busted out. You're you, shut you up. You know, I would, I would be willing to bet that a lot of young people today do, not, do not know that Australia and New Zealand were uh, created as a result of uh, the British uh, sending them off to... Uh, you know, this isolation down under. Yeah. Yeah, they sent them there, you know, and because they, they thought it was God-forsaken land. And yeah. yet these people said, well, then we got to make the best of it. So, yeah. you know, the prisoners, uh, they took over their island and they became, they formed a country. But um, I think the bad is coming, is rising to the surface. You know, they say hope floats, so do some other things. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, people like Jacinda, uh, I, I hope that her country realizes what a mistake it was uh, having her in it, 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 as the leadership of their country. Because I remember reading during her reign uh, articles from Down Under, and they were not happy with her. I mean, she literally... You know, we thought it was bad in the United States mm. with the with the suggestions to get the shot and suggestions to do this and wear your mask at all times and all this stuff. Forget that. That was kid stuff compared to what she was doing. She was locking people in houses if you went out without a pass. I mean, it was just it was just a a, a lot of nonsense. Oh, by the way. Uh, it was one of these situations, what is good for thee ne isn't necessarily good for me. Meaning right. she did stuff. She broke her own rules. She went to parties well, yeah, and but stuff. Jim, you know. they, you're, you're doing that freedom of speech stuff again, so shut up. Yeah, that's true. And that's what she would tell you about that. But you know what? You mentioned the mask, and I understand the mask mandates. You know, They're, they're floating them around, the oh, vaccines yeah. and mandates that we're going to have to do this and that. But let's address an elephant that's been walking around the room. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear of a lot of people dying. Right. Uh, one of the, what's the one thing in common that they have? Uh, the sh a lot of them are shots. Yeah, they got the shots. Uh, now, I could be totally wrong in this, but I'm hearing of, you know, more people have died that have gotten the shot than oh, yeah. have died from not getting the shot. And there's another thing, Bill, that has me thinking, has me going, hmm, let's say you got the shot. And I know, I know some people who this has happened to. They get the shot, they didn't die. But some of them have gained a lot of weight. They've 
they have physically had something. In my case, I got two of the darn shots. I wish I, it was a mistake on my part. But I found that I'm much more sensitive now to dust and pollen. My allergies are more uh, potent now than they were five years ago. Now, that could be a coincidence. It could be my age. I mean, I'm five years older. But it seems like a coincidence in that I got the darn shot. You know, it affects they, RN, mRNA, I believe. People were saying it alters the gene. It makes a modification yeah. of your DNA. Right. I don't know how true that is, but I, if that's the case, if they modify your DNA, why wouldn't it affect other things like weight gain? You know, well, I mean, if they mo- go ahead, Bill. Well, I was going to say, if they modified your DNA to fight a particular virus, one of the things, you know, let's let's just back up. The human body is probably one of the most sophisticated uh, things there are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it has its own system to a fight, you know, ward off viruses and disease and and whatnot. You know, you have natural immunity, and you're taking a virus out there and taking away its uh, uh, immunity capabilities and then putting another one in its place. So maybe it does work, you know, the one in its place against that particular virus. Mm-hmm. Now you're susceptible to every damn other thing that's out there. Well, that's, like I said, with my allergies, um, if, if uh, for the longest time, I'm not a kid, folks. So I mean, I've been around. I've had these allergies all my life, and most most times they're very manageable. Doesn't it? But I find that dust and pollen and stuff like that, it's much. They're much more. Uh, I get much more discomfort from them now than I did, you know, just a few years ago. Right. So, and it, and the only thing that I can think of that's different is the fact that I got two shots. And I know people, well, by the way, who've gotten more than two shots and. They've had uh, weight changes and, and, and people who've never had this problem. I'm just, it could be a coincidence. They may be eating more pizza, you know, but, but then again, it just seems strange. If it can stop somebody's heart with myocarditis, what else can these damn things do to your system that we're not aware of? And by the way, they've caused... A lot of people to reevaluate even things like the flu shot now. I mean, if you know, people looked. We I used to get my flu shot like it was a routine. Mm-hmm. Now you wonder it's being made by the same companies. What are they putting in that? Well, that that makes me wonder too. Like I'm I'm going out of town here in a couple of weeks because man, I'm just going to go up for an, a nice long weekend for the birthday celebration. And I'm going, well, I, I need to go get my flu shot. I haven't done that yet. And then I'm like going, I've never gotten sick after the flu shot. And I'm going, you know, I'll be damned if I do it now because I would sit there. That would be the time that it would have a backwards effect on me. And I'm like going, yeah, maybe we'll do it after that little getaway because you're right. I'm questioning the flu shot, you know. Well, they're manipulating everything. Would they lie to me about something? Hell yeah, they would. And my other question, Bill, is that now they're saying they have to get another shot because there's another strain out there, and this mm-hmm. is a different vaccine, they're saying. This mm-hmm. is a different vaccine. Well, what, is, what exactly is it that we're, you're trying to promote this time? 
What makes this a different vaccine from the other COVID vaccine? Why don't we just use the previous COVID vaccine? Uh, are you saying that it was totally ineffective and we shouldn't have got it in the first place? Now we have to take this new vaccine? This one, I don't know. We could go well, on there and you on. Go. The, the, uh, you know, you're the writer. You know, you could do a story now. You know, uh, uh, I, I, genocide I, by chemical yeah, injection. Yeah, but you know, the, just like your no studio would pick that up because uh, that's woke. They're probably, you know, in cahoots. Anyway, friends, uh, we've done it again, Bill. We've blown another completely good hour out the window. Really, it's uh, actually it was a pretty good show today. I don't think we blew it. I think we did pretty good with it. Uh, if you want to reach us, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Mail at itsanotherday.com. There's Jim and Bill at mail.com and mail at jimandbill.com. So there you go. The they're pretty easy, but uh, the main address, of course, is mail at itsanotherday.com. So you've got all that. And other than and, that. Uh, I, uh, we have, uh, again, if you want to help us out, uh, we would appreciate it if you just send us, it'd be nice if you send us a little note. Listening to you in uh, in Boise, listening to you in Phoenix or whatever, uh, that would be nice. But even if you just want to let us know that you're out there, even if you just want to reply with a blank email, just a blank mm-hmm. email, that that lets us know that you're active. We know, we know that we're being streamed by a load of different streaming sites around the country and around the world, um, right. and we also know that we have a pretty, uh, pretty nice uh, download record now on our main site. So we have, we have thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people around the world listening to our program. But you know. In this business, because podcasting is relatively new, it's like squeezing jello. You ever try to do that? Squeeze jello? You can't get a grip on it because it's hard to get a handle on. That is what uh, podcasting is all about. Do we really know what the ratings are for a show? I don't I, I would be hard pressed to give you a precise figure. We do know it's in the tens of thousands, but uh, if you right. send us a blank email or even a short note, that helps us figure out uh, how we're doing. We'd appreciate it. And yeah. you can send it to one of those email addresses that Bill just mentioned. Mail at it's another day.com, Jim and Bill at, at mail.com. mail.com. And mail at Jim and Bill.com. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you jumped in there. I would have given an email address for a pizza parlor in Chicago or something. Well, I'm, you know, Chicago pizza. Now, it's that really good. Is, it's boy, it's thick. deep dish. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm making myself hungry. And I stay away from all this stuff, you know, since I went on that big diet trend. I mean, I eat stuff like vegetables and, yes, and yes. fruits and things like that. Yes. You know, yeah. so. Who would who would want to eat pizza? <laughs> Me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyway, friends, uh, you know, people every day from around the world, if they if they want to hear one thing, they want to hear this. Hasta la vista, baby! We are out of here. <laughs> the Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. 
You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>